God's promises today. We're talking about God's promises today and how to get your promises fulfilled because it is not enough for a pastor or someone to read from the Bible God's prophecies. A lot of us have read prophecies in the Bible and we are claiming them. Some pastors, some prophets, some bishops, reverends, apostles, and whatever you want to call them have come to you to tell you what God has said. Now, they are not lying. They are not deceiving you. But if you look back, most of those prophecies, some of them are yet to be fulfilled. And the year is running to an end. Some of those Bible verses that you have been talking about out in the Bible, you've been claiming here and there, some of them are yet to be fulfilled. But because God is a God of righteousness, because God is a God of promises, He knows that you need to know the truth. You need to know the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is what can help you, what can help you and I to understand how to go about everything that he has promised us. Don't forget that this morning we are looking at the topic God's promises to us and how to fulfill God's promises in our lives. Let's read our Bible. Uh, let's open our Bible to the book of Genesis chapter 18. For those of you who don't have a Bible, uh, you can look at the screen. You will see that the Bible uh, is being displayed there. The text is being displayed there. Genesis chapter 18 from verses 1 to 16. Genesis chapter 18 verses 1 to 16. It's a fairly long scripture, but we're going to try to read as we can. The Bible says, Now the Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth trees of Mamre in Hebron while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. When he raised his eyes and looked up, behold, three men were standing a little distance from him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. And Abraham said, My Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass by your servant without stopping to visit. Please let a little water be brought by one of my servants, and you may wash your feet and recline and rest comfortably under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread to refresh and sustain you. After that, you may go on, since you have come to your servants. And they replied, Do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly get ready, measures of fine meal, knead it, and bake cakes. Abraham also ran to the head and brought a calf, tender and choice, and he gave it to the servant to butcher, and he hurried to prepare it. Then he took cords and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before the men, and he stood beside them under the tree while they ate. Verses 9, then they said to him, where is Sarah your wife? And he said, they are in the tent. <laughs> he said, I will surely return to you by this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, we have a son. And I speak under prophetic unction to somebody listening to me today. Under the sound of my voice, I declare the word of God to you. Whatever it is that is a pain in your heart, whatever it is that you are trusting God for, by this time next year, you will receive it in Jesus' name. It will land your hand in the name of Jesus. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, we have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in years. She was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself when she heard the words of the Lord. 
saying, After I have become whole, shall I have pleasure and delight? My Lord, my husband, being also whole. Come on. And the Lord asked Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh to herself, saying, Shall I really give birth to a child when I'm so old? Verses 14, he says, Is anything too difficult or too wonderful for the Lord? At the appointed time, when the season for our delivery comes, I will return to you and Sarah, we have a son. At your appointed time, and your appointed time is now. He says, when the season for our delivery comes, it is your season. It is your season for delivery. It is your season for a miracle. It is your season for a breakthrough. It is your season of answer prayers. It is your season of elevation. It is your season of healing and deliverance. In the name of Jesus. He says at the appointed time when the season for our delivery comes, I will return to you. And Sarah, we have a a son. Then Sarah denied it saying, I did not laugh because she was afraid. And then he said, No, but you did laugh. Then the men got up there and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham walked with them to send them out the way. Ladies and gentlemen, what are we talking about here? We're talking about God's goodness. We're talking about God's mercy. We're talking about God's grace. We're talking about what you and I need to know with regards to God's promises and how to bring these promises to fulfillment. Last week, if you recall, the Bible text that we looked at was in Genesis chapter 17, where God had prayer to Abraham and introduced himself to Abraham as the almighty God. And he told Abraham, you will have a son. He told Abraham that don't worry about Ishmael. That is your own plan. You will have a son through your wife, Sarah. Now, this is Genesis 18. And God is still appearing to Abraham again to tell him that you will have a son. What is going on here? Maybe it was last year. They said you will get married. Maybe it was last year they called you for that job interview. Maybe it was last year or early this year, last quarter, two years ago, that some breakthrough should have come for you. But as we speak, all you are still hearing are promises. All you are still hearing is the word of God. There is nothing happening. Nothing to show for it. You've tried everything possible. You still are not pregnant. You've tried everything possible. Applied for different jobs. You suck for promotion, pay raise. Nothing is happening. And you still read in the Bible. You still come to church. The pastor keeps encouraging and keeps decreeing, keeps prophesying. Yet, nothing is happening. God's promises are there. Yet, nothing is happening. What do you need to know about God and how His promises become fulfilled? To start with, I'd like to tell you about some facts. These facts will help us to lay a premise, a foundation to what we will be exposed to later on. What are these facts? What are these facts? Number one is... The Bible says to us, God is not you. God is not me. The pastor can tell you, call him after the service, and he's not available after the service. In fact, probably he's unreachable. 
Your husband might promise you money. And tomorrow he says, sorry, I can't give you the money anymore. Your parents might have promised you a gift. And then they didn't buy you the exact gift. Or they changed their mind. Your boss might have promised you a promotion, a pay raise, and nothing is happening. What are those foundations of truth about God? We need to know that. Because we're talking about God's promises and nothing is happening. We're not seeing anything. Maybe God is lying. Maybe God is deceiving us. Maybe God is just making us to be happy and to just feel good. The pastor too is just trying to make us feel good. Is that the case? Numbers 23, 19. It's on the screen. The Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie. It is not, God is not you, God is not me that he should lie. God is not a son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? And will he not do it? Or has he spoken? And will he not make it good and fulfill it? That is one fact, one truth about God that cannot be changed. I don't care what your circumstance is. Just like Abraham was going through his issues, God is not a man that he should lie. Joshua chapter 23 verses 14. He says, Now behold, today I am going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one word of all the good words which the Lord your God has promised concerning you has failed. All has been fulfilled for you. Not one of them has failed. I speak to you under apostolic auction that every promises, every prophecies, every word of God concerning your life, concerning all your dealings, it will not fail. It will come to pass in the name of Jesus. He says, none of them has failed. So why are you worrying? Why are you disturbing yourself? Why are you bothered? God is not a man. God is not the president of the United States that the Congress and the Senate can stop from doing something. God is not the president that the, the, the courts of the law of the land can stop from doing something. God is not limited by time. God is not within time. I don't care if you are in your 40s and you are not married. I don't care how old you are and you don't have a child. I don't care how many job applications you've made and you don't have a job. I don't care what your bank balance is saying. If God has said it because it is his word, it will come to pass. It will make sure he fulfills his word. That is God for you. He is not man that you should lie. That's why in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, verses 18, as you can see on the screen, Hebrews 6, verses 18, it says, So that by two unchangeable things, what are those two unchangeable things? God's promise and his oaths, in which it is impossible for God to lie, who, we who have fled to him for refuge, would have strong encouragement and in dwelling strength to hold tightly to the hope set before us. Those two things, his promise and his hopes. All of us, today we are not at a herbalist. We are not at uh, uh, a psychist or whatever they call themselves. We have not gone to the Buddhist. 
We've not gone to some Islamic preachers. We've not gone to any other place, but we have come to the house of God. The Bible says, Oh, who ye prayer unto you shall all flesh come. We have come to God, the one who is the Almighty, the one who is the everlasting Father. He says to Abraham, He says, I'm the Almighty God. So, what are those foundation truths about God? By two impossible things, unchangeable things, his promise and his hopes. Those things they are said concerning you, that you will get married, that you will prosper, that you will be healed, that it shall be well with you, that you will have a charge of your own, that you will not die but live. He says, because of that, because he has said it, it is impossible for it not to come to pass. Just because God has said it, because he has said it, just because he has said it, I don't know what you are going through. Everything God has said concerning you, just because he has said it, it is impossible for it not to happen. And I know concerning you, it doesn't matter what men are saying over your life. It doesn't matter how you are being mocked. It doesn't matter how you are being put to shame. It doesn't matter what time he's saying. It doesn't matter what policies are saying against you. God has said it. It will come to pass. Come on, say amen. I said God has said it. It will come to pass. What has he said? He has said you are going higher. He said this year is your year of higher heights. Your year of greater heights. He said next year is your year of open heavens. I know for you, your heavens are open. I know for you, you will not be down. You will always be up. You will always be up. You will always be elevated in the name of Jesus. That's his promise for you. That's his promise for you. 1 Kings 8 verses 56. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel. I claim it for my own family. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to Biyademo and his family. I don't know about you, but for me and my family, I, I, I receive rest. For my businesses, I receive rest. For my health, I receive rest. For my finances, for my home, I receive rest. For all that concerns me, I receive rest. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel in accordance with everything that he promised. So, he will end up giving you the rest in accordance with everything that he has promised. Don't forget what he said. He came back in Genesis 18 after appearing to Abraham in Genesis 17 to remind him the same thing that I will still give you that song. Bible says in 1 Kings 8, 56 that we are reading, it says, Not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he spoke through Moses' servants. Believe in God. Believe in his prophets. It says, believe in the Lord your God, you will be established. Believe his prophets, you will prosper. What are those things that you need to have? That we should learn from Abraham. Because <laughs> it wasn't easy. At that age, God promised him a son. <laughs> Many more years, Genesis 18, he came back to say, say hey, I've not forgotten you. I will give you that son. See, there are some things you and I must know. When prophecies come out, when God promises come upon you, don't just go to bed. It's like you planting a seed. You need to water that seed. You need to make it germinate. You need to make sure you are clearing the weeds to see that seed grow to become a plant and becoming a tree and bearing fruits for you to harvest. Don't just go sleep with a promise from God. If Abraham was not friendly, 
how will he have entertained angels? Some of us, all of us here, some of us are not friendly. It's going to be impossible for you to, to attract good things. Because you don't know when God is passing. Some of us here are not kind. Some of us here, it's only me, myself and I. If you go back to that same scripture of our text, Genesis 18, verses 1 to 6, it's on the screen. The Bible says here that Abraham in verses 6, after he had pleaded with them to stay, the Bible says that in verses 6 that Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and told her to quickly get stuff for these people. Do you know what caught my attention the most? The Bible says that in verse 7, Abraham also ran to the head. Abraham was not walking gently and all that. Abraham took it upon himself. He was making sure that these people don't stay longer hungry. So he was running. Not only did he run to get these things ready for them to eat, the Bible says in verse 7, as you can see on the screen, that Abraham also ran to the head and brought a calf tender and choice. Choice means he brought one of the best. One of the best. I don't know how you treat God. I don't know how you treat the things of God. Some characters require that you have to make the seed of God's promises in your life to germinate. And that character includes kindness. Let's not just spiritualize everything and come and start speaking in tongues and say, bless you, bless you, brother, bless you, sister. Have faith, brother, have faith, patience, have patience. As you can see on the screen, I listed patience and faith as one of the characters you must have always. But I didn't put this one because I wanted to say it with my mouth. Some of us are not kind, we're not nice, you're not helpful. You want to give somebody something, you give them the worst that you have. When you should give at your best. Some of us are misers, we are stingy. And I'm serious, because I'm your pastor and I have to tell you the truth. All of these things, you need to have those characters in your life to attract more of God's goodness. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the one who shows mercy, I will show him mercy. That means receiving mercy from God is a function of how merciful you are to other people. Some of us don't know. Abraham was friendly. Abraham was entertaining angels unknown to him. Entertain strangers. Now, Abraham needed that seal to bring to pass the fulfillment of what God has said. So imagine if Abraham had not entertained angels. That word, by this time next year. In Genesis 17, God wasn't specific on the date. He just said, I will give you a son. But when he was getting closer, there was need for you to now cut that seal. So if Abraham had missed that opportunity, that word that should have come out from those angels 
that by this time next year, at the appointed time, even though she wasn't pregnant, but as at that period, that was their time. When it is your time, my prayer for you that you will not miss it in Jesus' name. The things that you do matter a lot. You need to embrace mercy. Abraham understood the workings of God. Don't treat God's stuff as nothing. Don't treat his stuff as nothing. Because all that God will do for you is not everything that you have now or that we even have in future. There's something called seal. You might receive it, but without a seal. Jesus talked to us about 10 lepers who came to him. The Bible says that they came to Jesus for healing and he healed them. Really, he will, he will heal you. But those lepers, only one came back to say thank you. Jesus asked him, where are the other nine? Unavailable. They felt they have everything already. But their healing was no whole, meaning they will lose it. It will be stolen from them. It wasn't perfected. Because Jesus now told the one that came back to say thank you that you are made whole. That is final seal. Those characters must also include the fact of the fact that you must have patience and faith. Not one off, not one time, not once in a while. Always. Some of you might be saying, What is this man saying? It's not easy. But that's the truth, that's the word of God. And I'm here to tell you. I also deal with my own because I also, I also have patience and faith always. So it's not just me teaching you. You and I must have faith always. What are those biblical facts of faith? Romans chapter 4 verses 20 to 21. As you can see on the screen, Romans chapter 4 verses 20 to 21. He says that, but he did not doubt or waver in unbelief concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and empowered by faith. Giving glory to God being fully convinced that God had the power to do what he has promised. I don't care what you are going through, brother, sister, ladies and gentlemen. Remember this verse, Romans 4, 20-21. He did not doubt or waver in unbelief concerning the promise of God. So let's analyze it. What is it that you are trusting him for? What is it that you have said? What is it that the Bible has said? That's one. He says, but he grew strong and empowered by faith. Meaning that it is that promise that will not help you to be strong and what? Have faith. Always glorifying God despite whatever the circumstance might be. Despite the fact he did not change. Abraham did not cause those people out. That how come you're coming to me to end that? Come on, get. He didn't cause them out. But he was there. He knew he will do great things. That's why you see some people who don't have children. Once they entertain other children, somehow they also see themselves having children. I tell those who are not married too, it is my own, uh, uh, what do you call it? My own uh, uh, team. I came up with it. I said, they say it in my dialect, but I won't say it for those of us who don't understand. We are not from where I'm from. But I'll try to say it in English, in a way. Just like they say that the head of a child is what brings another child. 
Meaning, you entertain children, you're nice to children, you draw them closer, you see children coming out from your own home too, right? I also believe that the head of a man is what also will bring a husband for a woman who is not married. And what am I saying? Be nice to brothers, dear sisters. Be friendly to brothers. I'm not saying be friendly to now engage in what you're not supposed to do. No. But just be nice. Be caring. The head of those good men will bring forth a good husband. Because when you are, Abraham was entertaining angels, he didn't know that he was God himself. And that was what brought that promise to come to pass, that appointed time. I've seen people that they just try to help. That person became their spouse. They just try to help. They didn't know that the person that they are helping is someone who can help them to get a job or to get whatever it is that they want in life. Just believe that God has power to do what he has promised and be comfortable with that. Be okay with that. Don't care about your friends, siblings, family members who are not born again and are prospering. Go read Psalms chapter 37 and see what the word of God says concerning those people. Because some of us will say, after all, she was misbehaving and now she has a child. But I kept myself. Nothing. No children. He was misbehaving. He has a wife. She was misbehaving. She has a husband. I kept myself. I don't have a spouse. They were not serious. I was serious having God. They have jobs. But I don't have a job. Don't look at that. Remember Romans 4, 20 to 21. And concerning those ones, go and read Psalms 37. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10 verses 23 says, But he did not doubt or waver in unbelief concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and empowered by faith. Giving glory to God. I got that wrong. <laughs> I repeated Romans 4, 20 21. But in Isaiah 55 verses 10 to 11. Isaiah 55 verses 10 to 11. Since for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, making it bear and sprout, and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So will my word be which goes out of my mouth? It will not return to me void, meaning it will not return to me useless. It will not return to me without results, without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Some of us believe our husbands more than we believe the word of God. We believe our parents more. We believe our bosses more. We believe our company's policy, the government's policy, more than we believe the word of God. But look at it right here. He says it will not return back to him void. See, is this God who can change anything? No? And once he changes it, nobody can come to change it back. When he says yes, nobody can say no. When he says no, nobody can say yes. In this same COVID-19, people got jobs. I have heard of stories in Africa, in Nigeria. They were protesting. Do you know that on that same place that they were protesting, some people are already married. They met themselves and they are married today. <laughs> you can imagine on a protest ground, protesting against the government and police brutality. And then you find your spouse there. <laughs> some people also are gotten jobs. Right from protesting Black Lives Matters and all that. In this COVID-19, people had gotten opportunities. 
But that is the same time that you would think everything will be so bad, everything going wrong. God says that there is nothing I say that will come back to me not being accomplished. So you need to have faith and patience always. Another thing that you need to have as your character while you are waiting for the fulfillment of God, in addition to you being kind, be friendly, serving God, showing concern for the things of God, being patient with God and His Word, having faith always, you must also avoid unbelief. Like we read in Romans 4, 20-21, it says, But he did not doubt or waver in unbelief concerning the promises of God. So you must avoid unbelief. The story of a woman in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 18 to 16, as you can see on the screen, is the story of the Shunammite woman. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 to 16, since now there came a day when Elisha went over to Shunem, where there was a prominent and influential woman, and she persuaded him to eat a meal. Afterward, whenever he passed by, he stopped there for a meal. Some of us don't understand God's principles. We only will say amen, 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 but we don't understand God's principles. Don't ever joke with a pastor. And I'm not saying a fake pastor, a true pastor, a true man of God. Normally, I don't like teaching this, but I have to do it so that God doesn't kill me. When you do something for a man of God, you are doing it for God. That thing you are doing for that man, as long as he's a true pastor, a true man of God, it will meet a need in your life. Because God sees it. The principles of God is different from the persons of God. Luke 5, 1-8 Jesus didn't tell Peter to launch into the deep. He said, let me use your boat first. If Peter had not given Jesus his boat, he wouldn't have gotten those fishes of sea that he caught. Those net-breaking, boat-sinking miracle. If Abraham had not fed those three strangers, three angels, not knowing that he was entertaining God himself, then that promise would have kept on, you know, being delayed. Look at this woman, as prominent and as influential she is, or she was, according to the Bible. She was kind. She told Elisha, the man of God, please eat. Some of you don't give gifts to men of God. You don't celebrate them on their birthdays. You don't, they don't even have to celebrate birthdays. Just wake up and send something to a man of God. It is not him that you are giving. It is God. Just wake up and do something for the work of God. It is not just the physical structure. It is God himself that you are giving. Now, in verses 8 of 2 Kings chapter 4, that wasn't enough. She didn't just persuade him to eat. The Bible says, afterward, Elisha himself will now pass by, stop there for a meal. So he continued from that. She invited, she opened her door. Grace came in. Now, you would think because, oh, I did something, so it's already okay. No, you have to continue doing it. He stopped by. Whenever he passed by, he stopped by. In verses 9, 
Hey, she said to her husband, Behold, I sense that this is a holy man of God. That's why I said it has to be a holy man of God. Otherwise, you are wasting your efforts. She said to her husband, Behold, I sense that this is a holy man of God who frequently passes our way. It wasn't Elisha, but it was God that was passing by. In verse 10, she says, Please, let us make a small, fully walled upper room on the house top and put a bed there for him with a table, a chair and a lampstand. Then whenever he comes to visit us, he can turn in there. They turned their house to a guest house for the man of God. Meaning that they said, God, come and be living here. Hey, this woman is very wise. Very, very wise. Thank God the husband didn't hesitate. In verses 11, the Bible says, One day he came there and turned into the upper room and laid down to rest. <laughs> now God wants to now start blessing because God has seen that, okay, there's consistency. Uh, these people are watering it. It's not a one-off thing. Okay, they are following our principles, not just my person. My principles. In verses 12, he says, And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this woman. Our time has come. <laughs> you cannot give. And not receive back. It's impossible. As long as it is God, as long as it's a holy man of God, you cannot give. This woman must have been praying, praying, praying. Nothing is happening. But there were things she needed to do. You too, you have been receiving amen, amen, amen to promises. But you need to take it further. Call this woman, Shunammite woman. So he called her and she stood before him. In verses 13. Now he said to Gehazi, say to her now. You have gone to all this trouble for us. What can I do for you? That means it wasn't an easy thing for her. It wasn't, okay, take man of God. It was something that was inconvenient for her. She went extra mile. And that is what will provoke God. That is what will move heaven. You don't just sit down there and you are just doing anyhow. You are not serving God. You are not committing to God, but you want God to bless you. You're on your own. Say amen from now to tomorrow. Nothing will happen. These are principles to receiving fulfillment for his promises. You have gone to all this trouble. What trouble are you going for? I mean, how, how, how much more are you doing for God? So, Elisha was asking her in that same verse 13, would you like to be mentioned to the king or to the captain of the army? She answered, I live among my own people in peace and security and I need no special favors. She was okay. Later, Elisha said in verses 14, What then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. That's an issue. Verses 15, he said, Call her. So Gehazi called her, and she, and she came and stood in the doorway. Elisha said, At this season next year, you will embrace a son. She said, No, my lord, O man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. If you read further, that woman had a son. She had a son. All those prophecies were just there, hanging, hanging. She needed that seal. That man of God needed to speak it. The same thing, we're not going to look at it. Anna. Anna too has been going to Shiloh, like going to church every week. Nothing was happening. 
She was praying, fasting. Anna probably would be the one to clean the chairs, wash the toilets in church, would teach the children, would carry the pastor's bag, would be the one to, you know, doing everything. But nothing was happening. They will pray. The pastor will even lay hands, do everything. Members will gather, pray. God will bless you. God will... Nothing was happening. No child. Yet, her rival, Benina, was mocking her. I have so many children. You don't even have one children. I'm not serving God. You are the one that has carried God on your head. You are too zealous. You make this thing too serious. You don't go out clubbing with us. You're just so, so, so untidy. I mean... They will say all sorts of things to her. And she was going to God. She wasn't going to any other place. It was God she was seeking for. The Bible says that it was even God himself that locked the womb of Anna. Go and read it. Imagine you praying to God. Yeah, the God you are praying to is the one that is in charge. He's the one that is behind the problem you are going to. Can you imagine that? Until one day. When... She told God, God, you know what? I think we need to have a conversation. A change of conversation. You just give me this child and I will bring this child back to you. That's what she said to God. And God was like, what? Wait, what? What did she just say? You're going to give us back? God does not joke with giving. Once every year's give, as long as that giving is from your heart, as long as that giving is cheerful, you are giving God your time. You're giving God your money. You're giving God your skill. You're giving God your talent. Man, as long as it is from your heart and you are giving cheerfully, there is no bad motive, no ulterior motive. Man, I envy you, man. So Anna did not tell God she's going to give anything until that moment. And she was going to give something in line with what she was expecting. You give money, you will get money back. You give time, you will get God giving you his time. Once you give, the Bible says, when they read offering time and it says give and it shall be given to you, people think it's just money offering. That applies to all areas of our lives. You are serving God. Hey, he will take care of you. Because it's there in the Bible. Exodus, you will serve the Lord your God is two things. It will bless your bread and water. That means the work of your hands. And then he now says, sickness will not be found in your midst. That means you won't be sick. So, if you are serving God today, know that divine health is your portion. And know that you can't be poor, you can't lack. Because he said it will bless your bread and water. Bread is what you eat. What brings income to you. Water is what gives you survival. So, these are principles. But you are praying, praying, amen, amen, amen. Nothing will happen. Even if the prophecies come on you through the pastor, or even if God is the one that gave you that promise direct, nothing will happen. You still have to follow those principles. Have dreams and dreams and dreams, prophecy upon prophecies, nothing will happen. You got to follow his principles. This woman followed God's principles. Anna followed God's principles. Do you know that the story of Anna is a big lesson for us all? When Anna said that, God needed to now use his servant, Eli, to put a seal on it. That's why don't joke with pastors. Don't joke with true men of God, holy men of God. 
The Bible says in the book of Chronicles, it says, believe in the Lord God you will be established. Believe his prophets you will prosper. Without the prophets, you, you can't do without a pastor. Even though I say, yes, you have connect, direct connection to God, but God will still use his men. That is protocol. That is what I has patterned it. So don't let him, the pastor say something bad or be angry with you. Always make sure that he's happy with you and he says something good. Anna did Eli. God had Anna's prayer. But God will not come from heaven. God needed his prophet, who he has put in charge, to now put a seal. And what did he say? Says your prayer and answer. And Anna left and was happy. He stayed in the Bible. But Anna too had to go and meet with her husband. She's not gonna have pregnant, she's not gonna get pregnant by the Holy Ghost. So she and her husband, the Bible says that they met together. And then they have to, they don't have a son somewhere. It didn't stop there. Anna fulfilled her vow. Some of us don't fulfill that vow. We just make promises to God. Because somebody else would think, oh, that's all I can get from God. And then they start misbehaving. No. Anna brought Samuel back. Not only Samuel, she also brought different gifts. She reminded the man of God, it is me, last year. And that one accepted Samuel and the gifts. Do you know that God now gave Anna more children, both boys and girls? What is God saying to you? I am the God that needs to receive from you first before I can give back to you. Because I am saying give to me doesn't mean I need it from you. In the book of Agai, he says, I am the owner of a cattle upon a thousand ewes. If I'm hungry, I will kill any of them and eat. He says, silver and gold are mine. I just need you to give me your time so I can now bless you. I need you to give me the skills so I can bless you. I need you to give me your money so I can bless you. Peter did it. Abraham, even after Abraham got Isaac, God told him, go and sacrifice Isaac whom you love. He didn't just say Isaac. He says, Isaac whom you love. Stop giving God what doesn't matter to you, what doesn't cost you anything. But it was a test. Don't forget, this same God had already promised Abraham and said he will be father of nations. Now, in Genesis 18, the angels came. They att- he attended them. They spoke. And then gave birth to Isaac. But that wasn't the end. So you have your Isaac now. That's not the end. So don't go and misbehave. Don't start acting anyhow. There's still more. And God will keep testing you. He will check your heart. He will be looking. Even me. He does. In fact, if I tell you some things I go through, man, you pity me. But it's for my good. And I pray I pass all the time. God told him, go and sacrifice Isaac. Imagine waiting for several years. God now gave me the job. Waiting for several years. God gave me my husband. Waiting for several years. He gave me my wife. He's not saying I should come and do something. No, God. Stop it right there, God. No, you're messing with me, God. Like, really, God? Really? No, no, we're not having this conversation. But Abraham held on to the promises of God. As he was going to sacrifice Isaac, and he was about to slaughter him. He was about to slaughter him. In fact, when Isaac asked him, where is the animal? There is the knife. Where is the animal that we will sacrifice? What did Abraham say? He said, the Lord will provide do you think God wanted him to commit murder and sacrifice his son? No. 
God was only testing him because God wanted to know whether Abraham is qualified to get all the blessings that he has promised him. It was the same God who prophesied. <laughs> promised him. But you will go through these things before you can get it. Yes, covenant of life, peace, yeah, everything, top up mount, open heavens, great eyes. God will test you. He will test your heart. He will say, okay, take this little. Let us see how you will undo it. You mess up, as the end. You lose everything, even the one that he has given. As he was going to slaughter Isaac, God says, stop, Abraham. You pass the test. Look behind you. That's the ram. Go sacrifice that ram. And then he now told him, you know what, Abraham, you got it. Now, that's it. You got it. I give you everything. Today, we call him Father Abraham. Today, Abraham blessings are mine. Hallelujah. All that is happening. Biblical fast on unbelief of it. Never respond to unbelief. In Mark chapter 11, verses 23. Mark 11, verses 23. He says, I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place, it will be done for him in accordance to God's will. Abraham told Isaac, God will provide. That woman, my woman, knew that this is a man of God. If I give to this man of God, I can be blessed. Anna, oh, I mean, believed in Prophet Eli and the word of God. What are you believing? And what are you saying? What are you confessing with your mouth? You're feeling bad? Say positive things. Something is going wrong? No. Change it with your words. Because it says here in Mark 11, 23. You say to this problem, get out, it will go. Why? Because you believe in your heart, in God's unlimited power. And these are the Bible verses you are supposed to be quoting. Something is happening, quote all these Bible verses. In Matthew 14, verses 30. Matthew 14, verses 30. It says, But when he saw the effects of the wind, he was frightened, and he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Stop looking at your problems. Who was the Bible talking about? Yeah, he was Peter. Peter saw Jesus walking on water. He said, Jesus, can I come on water? Jesus said, come. He began to walk on water. But immediately he started looking at the waves. He began to sink. He had to cry that God should save him. Have you found yourself in that position today? You need to cry to God to save you. What has been frightening you? What has been giving you sleepless nights? What has been giving you worries? You need to call upon God so that he can save you. The music that should be in your ears is that stop taking closer look at the waves of problems because it leads to doubts. And the doubts will make us sink like Peter. So those music that should be in your ears are according to Isaiah chapter 46 verses 11 where we used in praying in the beginning. He says, calling a bed of prey from the east from a far country. The man of my purpose truly I have spoken. Truly I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. Be assured I will do it. These are the music that should be in your ears. So despite what they are saying, despite the condition of that thing, you will say because God has proposed for me. What is it that he has proposed for you? You say it. God, because he said he will bring to the past, so it will happen. He said that he, will, he has planted, he will do it. That should be your anchor. In Romans chapter 4, 19 to 25, the message Bible is on the screen. Romans chapter 4, 19 to 25, as we begin to close. 
The Bible says Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence. He didn't focus on his own impotence and say it is hopeless. He didn't focus that his grades in school were bad. He didn't focus that the age is going, it's turning on him, he's not going to get married quickly. He didn't focus on any form of disability in his life. He didn't focus on his family background. He didn't focus on a law in the government that is contrary to what he needs to be successful. He didn't focus on the company's policy. What are you impotent on? Or what is impotent in your life? He didn't say it is hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Abraham didn't say so. The Bible says, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. The music in your ears should not be you looking at the waves of problems because it leads to doubt. Doubt will make you to sink like Peter. Stop asking skeptical questions. Don't let people make you start asking skeptical questions. Don't let people start making you reason out things. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God will make good on what he has said. That is why it is said, Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. But it is not just Abraham, it is also us. The same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life, when the conditions were equally hopeless. The sacrifice Jesus made us fit for God set us right with God. So the way God called Abraham righteous, because he believed in him, if you too, you and I, if we believe in his word, in his promises, then you will see that he will call us righteous. Faith in God's promises is the key. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, says, I am God. Yes, I am. I haven't changed. So that same God who has promised you, who has said everything, he's still God and he's not, he has not changed. You only need to follow all those principles that I've said earlier on. And many more I didn't say. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8, it says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God, God shall stand forever. This was one of the Bible verses that helped me when, when I began to walk with God. When I first gave my life to Christ, this was one of the verses I held on to. That the grass withers, the flower fades, like I know it in my, like even in my dream, I know it, this Bible verse. Because there were so many things in my life. I've told you some of my experiences. So I held on to this word that the word of God, God stands forever. But God also made sure I followed principles. And I, I didn't know in the beginning I made mistakes too. In fact, I will be giving God ultimatum. God, by next week Bible study, if you don't do this stuff for me, then me and you, well, it's over. Me and you, we are done. I was foolish, stupid. Until God had mercy on me and I began to see his word. God gave Abraham his promise when Abraham was 86 years old. The fulfillment of that promise in the life of Abraham came at 100 years old. So tell me, 14 years of waiting, Abraham was steadfast on God's promises. How can you and I remain steadfast? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9, it says, my grace is sufficient for you. This morning, one of the things you should tell God is that God, give me grace, sufficient grace. That's why this morning I led us to pray for grace. You also need to proclaim that God is with you and serve him. Always show concern for the things of God. Don't warm the chairs in church. 
Don't expect to only receive from God and not give to Him. Exodus 15, 26, Psalms 103, verses 2. They all exhorted us that we should serve God, show concerns for the things of God, and He will bless us. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, don't rob God. Give offering. When it is time for offering, don't close your eye. You are not doing God a favor. Don't tell yourself that I don't have enough. Give God. Give God. Don't give offering only. Pay your tithes. Don't say my paycheck is not enough. And it's not only your paycheck. It is what income you receive. God says you rob me when you don't pay tithes and offering. Give to the Lord always and be happy. Be glad. Before, I used to run away when it's time for offering. Because I saw it as stress. Until God showed me pepper. You know what that means? Nobody told me to start giving. And I don't miss it. Even when I don't have, sometimes I pull my belt in church those days. And that would be a very good belt. I will give my wristwatch. I used to wear expensive wristwatches. I will give my wristwatch. Because the Bible says, don't come to the presence of God empty-handed. If I miss church, I want to give offering. That Oh, I was not in church last week. So, offering of last week and today, this is it. Because I'm not going to miss that blessing. Some of us don't care. And God too will say, I don't care too because He's a God of principle. Whatever you sow, you also reap. You sow nonchalant attitude towards God, He also becomes nonchalant towards you. You give Him little, you get little. You give Him anyhow, He also does anyhow to you. Abraham was steadfast. Abraham did not complain. For 14 years, he waited. Don't rob God. Give to the Lord always. And then pray without ceasing. Promises must be prayed to happen. I've told some of you before. If you have a bad dream, cancel it with the word of God. Look for what the Bible says. Before you call pastor, cancel it yourself. And if it is a good dream, look for what the word of God says and pray it to pass. Someone, look at how I told you about a Uber driver taking me to the airport last week. Saying negative statements to me. I, in his, I did not say it in my mind. I opened my mouth. You have to always open your mouth. Otherwise, the devil will take over. I canceled it. Always pray. Don't wait for them to tell you to pray. Always pray. That's why you need to listen to those recordings. If you can't pray, listen to those prayer points to help you to pray. And then finally, always show love. Show love to people. Care for people. Abraham entertained strangers. You need to also show love and care to people because you want to move from the realm of promises to the realm of fulfillment of God's promises in your life. You want to move from the realm of thus said the Lord, it shall be well with you to the realm of it came to pass. It was now well with him. I've poured out my heart to you all. Your blood is not going to be on my head. Because I just don't want us to be coming to church and be praying. And nothing is happening. You have to follow those principles. 
You have to practice the principles of God. Not just receiving this person. That's why some unbelievers practice principles of giving, of being friendly, showing love to people, and they get God's blessings. Because the principles of God does not know believer and unbeliever. They are God's principles. The law of sowing and reaping is God's principle. When the rain falls, there's evaporation. It goes back to the cloud and it will empty itself back. What about you? The Lord can help you. We said this morning, as we begin to look at how we can pray, that we should ask God for sufficient grace. So that those things that are still lingering in our lives, He should give us grace as He did for Paul. Paul said, God, take out this thing. God said, Don't worry, I'm not taking it out yet, but my grace is sufficient for you. So, whatever you're going through, and the problem is not over yet, tell Him for grace to give you. Right now, you're not serving God. You want to tell Him and say, God, right now, I want to start serving you. I want to start giving you my time. I want to start showing concern for your things. You'll be robbing God. Start telling him, God, going forward, I ain't robbing you no more. Cheerfully, from my heart, I will give to you. You've not been praying. Tell God right now, just give me grace to start praying. I will make sure at least every day I pray to you. I thank you too, not just pray. I have been in my side, been stingy, but going forward, I will start showing love to people. I will start showing care to people. Because I want to entertain angels. If you're here this morning, your relationship with God has not been going straight. You need to rededicate your life to Christ. And I'm here to pray with you. Let's all bow our heads where we are and begin to tell God, thank you for bringing your word to my life. Thank you. Let's all bow our heads and thank him for his word. Let's thank him for grace to hear him. For grace to hear his word this morning. Let's exalt him. Let's magnify him. Let's give him praise. Let's thank God for his mercies over our lives. Let's thank him for everything that he has done for us this morning. And you want to stop telling him and say, God, give me grace. All I'm going through, give me grace. Don't let it overwhelm me. Give me grace. When I'm doubting you, give me grace. Give me grace.